On this episode of the Naturist Living Show, a couple of nudist characters. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, to episode 125 of the Naturist Living Show. My name is Stéphane Deschain, and I'm your host for the podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. And today's show is brought to you by the very generous contributions of John W., Jojira, Alejandro A., Bill B., Nude Lease on Life, and Mario G., uh, so sorry if I, I'm trying to pronounce the names right, but in some cases, uh, I am reading exactly what has been written as the contributor name, uh, as in the case of Jojira, which might be two names, which might be Jojira, but it's written as one word. So I'm just guessing. And where I have two names, as I said in the beginning, I'm only doing first name and last name. So, But thank you. Thank you to all of you for your contribution. Thank you to everybody who is contributing. Uh, it's very exciting to see uh, Patreon growing, uh, particularly exciting for uh, Samantha because it's supporting her. She loves what she's doing, uh, but unlike me, this is uh, early in her career, and uh, this is a job that means a lot to her, and she needs to earn some money. So please keep supporting us. We really appreciate it. Folks who've been listening for a while uh, might recall that I had lost a bunch of interviews that Tim Chismar had done in switching between phones and then found them because the they were there. They were just named after an address, which is very strange. So these two interviews um, that uh, are in this particular episode are the last ones, the last of the lost interviews from Tim Chismar. So, you know, with great apologies to Tim for having taken so long to put these out there, uh, but this catches us up, and he's working on several other interviews, and we've talked, he's got great ideas. So it's wonderful to have a correspondent on the West Coast, and we really, we all appreciate uh, his uh, contribution to the show. So uh, this one is called, uh, we called it, or I called it, uh, Nudist Characters. And the reason is uh, we're putting two different, two short, fairly short interviews that really are not that related to each other, other than they're, they both are characters. One, uh, the first one, Trista, is uh, plays characters. She's an actor. And so she's literally a person who does characters and, you know, a bit of a character herself in a good way. And the second one, Rocky, is also very much of a character, as you'll hear. So... There's no point in really talking much more about them. I don't know them very much. These are folks that uh, Tim knows on the West Coast and uh, he interviewed. So let's start with Trista. It's me, it's him, it's T-I-M. 
here once again for the Naturist Living Podcast. I am Tim Chismar on location in beautiful southern sunny California. And I can't go through California without stopping to talk. Because as you know, there are actors and actresses everywhere. I mean, you just, you know, if you, you just accidentally bump into them, like everywhere you go. So... I had to stop in and say hi to one of my favorite actresses, and uh, I was aware of her by a, a dear friend of mine directed a movie that he wrote called Purgatory Road, and she is the lead girl in it. Uh, this Trista Robinson. She's uh, she's fantastic and cool and exciting, and I am a really big fan, and you will be too, so I am sitting down to talk with her because some of the issues that she dealt with in her role directly fall into the community that the podcast is. Uh, podcast is based around. So, Trista Robinson, thanks for sitting down and having a coffee with me. Oh gosh, thank you. How do I uh, how do I say thank you for all the nice things you just said? Thank you. <laughs> it's just it's just facts. It's factual. Um, so, you know, Trista, there's so much to to dive into. I'm so okay. For let's start at the at the beginning. It seems like a good place to start. So. Did you grow up in California? Um, do you come from a family that's involved in the industry? Acting, performing? I am not from California. I'm from New York. Um, my aunt it was a uh, stage actress in Pittsburgh, but I grew up in New York, so not with her. But I did live with her for a year, and I started doing theater with her, and she started drilling me on monologues. Um, and I really credit her with sort of sparking my interest. Interesting, interesting. Now, so did you did you go to college for theater? Did you study acting? I went to a conservatory in New York after I lived with my aunt, um, and I did study acting. But I, as you know, I do predominantly horror, and I wasn't really um, comfortable sharing my love of horror in that environment because people didn't really take it seriously. So I didn't really uh, find my horror community until I came out to L.A. Well, let me ask you about that. So did you have a... So it's not something you fell into. It's not like you just got typecast as the horror girl. Like, on your own, you, you're you a fan of horror, yes? Or- I feel like it's a combination of both things. And I've talked to other actresses specifically uh, Jess Cameron, who who had the same experience. So, yes, I loved horror. I grew up watching horror with my dad. My dad's a huge horror fan, and um, I had a single dad for a long time, so that was what we did. But I sort of stifled that and wanted to act, and then when I moved out here, I started booking horror coincidentally, and then I felt... Uh, more comfortable and more passionate about it. So it's all sort of fateful. Let me ask you this. One of the things, because um, I work with horror movies and Full Moon, Asylum and Chiller and, and all that stuff, Trauma uh, as, as well. Um, I, one of the complaints a lot of my actress friends have um, about horror movies is they feel like the women, the women's roles fall into two categories. Either the angel, so like the, the virgin girl who will last to the end, or the whore, the slut. Do you, do you feel like it's polarizing or do you feel like there are more roles that are in between nowadays or is that still an issue i think it's getting um way better um there's so much content there's so much talent did you see the ranger no jen wexler's the ranger i recommend that um it's a very different kind of final girl but um 
So, yeah, for me, the work that I am fortunate enough to do, because I have such talented friends that are filmmakers, they're very complex women. Um, and so I don't find myself falling into that trap. I feel very satisfied and, and very lucky and very daunted by the roles that I'm able to take on. Well, speaking of roles, the one I was introduced to you um, and the one that, uh, you know, was the idea for me to sit down and talk with you today is in Purgatory Road. You um, you play a, a very uh, mixed up... Um, I mean, uh, killer? Like a crazy girl? And... Uh, and as part of it, she uses her sexuality or um, it's how she gets her rocks off by seducing people and then killing them, kind of a succumbus. Um, and there's there's a, a sexual component and a nudity component to the role. What was that like for you to agree to take on that kind of a role? And had you had other roles similar that prepared you for it? That is such a great question uh, because it really was quite an issue for me. I had always said that I uh, would not do nudity, and not that I was judgmental. Wow. Yeah. Not that I was judgmental about it, because obviously I have lots of artist friends, and I I, um, am super supportive of what anyone decides to do with their own body. Um, But for me, I always thought, oh, it's not something I'm comfortable with. Uh, it's not right for me. So that was something I had stuck with. And I think it's because when I was a kid and I first started um, showing an interest in acting, my dad said he would support it as long as I didn't do any nudity. So, And I promised him that I wouldn't. Um, so fast forward to Purgatory Road. Mark is a very good friend of mine, uh, someone I trust very much and I respect very much as an artist and a person. And he offers me this script and I fall in love with it. And then he tells me um, about this scene. And my initial reaction is like, oh, how devastating for me. I was so attached and I can't do it. So you felt like it was a deal breaker? I did, absolutely. Because I had promised my dad all these years ago. Um, And Mark was so sweet about it because he didn't want to compromise his vision. And he wanted me for the role. Uh, And he was... I actually remember Mark said, I said, look... I have to talk to my dad. Um, And and, uh, then I can feel better about accepting the role if my dad is okay with it. And I remember he said, you know, that makes me respect you even more. And it was so sweet because I was so nervous to tell Mark I might not do this. And I was so nervous to tell my dad basically I might um, renege on our agreement. Um... But my, so my dad had some questions, um, and Mark was more than willing to answer any of those questions, and I felt very appeased by Mark. Did you, did Mark talk to your dad? No, but... It's so weird. It's like, like, you know, like trying to date the girl, like her dad comes (laughs) out and is like, what are your plans with my daughter? (laughs) But all of the questions my dad had, I think he was just concerned for my safety, and at this point I had... Like safety on set or safety with stalkers who would watch the film? I think it was more like um, 
When I first got into acting, my dad wanted to make sure I was making good choices. And I started so young. Um, so by the time... Did you start when you were a little baby? Yeah, a little, little tiny baby. <laughs> As opposed to the big babies. Which sounds very inappropriate, but... It, we had a conversation. We had a conversation. <laughs> anyway, um, so I think my dad was just concerned. But at this point, I'm an adult. I have a body of work um, that I feel passionately about. Um, so it's kind of a, just a different conversation. I, I think for me, um, I... Uh, I was getting to make a whole character and I didn't feel like I was just showing up one day or, or being exploited or, or I don't know. So anyway, uh, my dad assured me that, you know, he trusted my judgment, which felt very special. I answered his questions and then I was able to accept the role with um, in good conscience and be excited about it. But I was still very nervous about that scene so nervous Mm -hmm. and then to be honest i loved it Mm. Mm. now how does it affect um roles moving forward does that mean that now you're open to looking at nudity in other films or is that something that you i mean how, how does it affect you moving beyond i think um i will make decisions on that the same way i consider other things um, regarding projects like is this an interesting character am I going to learn a lot is it challenging does it excite me um, does it align with what I want to do artistically so I, I don't see it as a deal breaker or any sort of stigma it, it's just whether or not it will spark me artistically it's just another way of telling a story Okay, well, that's cool. That's um, now. What about like? Do you do theater as well? I mean, have you? Have you I mean, because when you do the uh, film project, it's something that um, is diced and cut up from different angles and different coverage. But if you were to do a, a theater performance, like if you were doing a run of shows for a month and there was nudity involved, how do you think that would compare? I have done plenty of theater. I'm not doing theater right now. Like I mentioned um, earlier before we started the podcast, I, I'm, you know, I have a few films, so I'm not doing any theater at the moment but I love theater um I have not done any theater where I personally am nude but I have I have played a prostitute in a show that ran for a while and was very scantily clad and and my dad came to see that as well you know that's really interesting because you know Playing a, a prostitute, and there could be like implied sexual things. Like, for example, if you went under a table to give a guy a, a you know, a, a, a hinted at blowjob, right. versus being nude in a non sexual fashion, uh, you know, it's interesting that, like, for example, your, your dad, would he have more issues with uh, the sexual connotation to you, but no nudity, or you being nude, but it's not sexual at all? 
That's such a good question. I don't know that I feel comfortable like getting that specific with my dad. Like, dad, would it make you uncomfortable if you saw me like give a guy a fake blowjob? Like, I, I don't know. That's not a conversation I'm <laughs> eager to have. Um, right. I don't mean specifically with him. I, I just it's it's an interesting topic about um, you know how we as a society just uh, somebody being naked. How it's immediately we want to add some kind of like sexual thing to it um you know like if you're not naked to shower or to have sex well then it must be you know sexual based and it's it's interesting i'm just wondering the, the like if you were if you had a, a scene if i handed you two scripts right now and one was the script for you playing a prostitute where there was some implied sexual stuff and the other one was uh, a really good script but um there's a scene where you're naked playing volleyball with your best friend which one do you think it would be hard? And it seems like the naked playing volleyball would be harder, right? Even though it's it's not sex blade. I think my honest answer to that question, and this might be because I'm a little sheltered in that I work with people I know a lot. I have a lot of filmmaker friends, and a lot of times my work comes from people that write stuff for me. So if I looked at those two scripts, I would think... Who's making them? How comfortable am I with them? Because that's where it came down to with Mark. For that scene, I was like... So if it was the same script but a different person shooting it, you might not have taken it. Yeah. Hmm. But that's hard to... That's so tricky because if it was a different person, that script is so Mark. So, like, I can't even imagine that project coming from a different person. You know what I mean? So it's a combination of, like... Oh, Mark is running this ship. I trust him and admire him. And, like, this script is so good because it has Mark's fingerprints all over it. Like, that is exciting to me as an artist. Interesting. Now, what about, I mean, just you and I hanging out in the last hour or so, uh, some of the things we've talked about here in Southern California, there's nude resorts, there's nude beaches, there's naked bike rides, there's naked runs, uh, there's the Bear Borough where people run for, you know, miles naked. Um, Are you aware of the nudist community? Um, Were you aware that these things were right in this area? I was in no way aware of the community. Um, I have worked with people that I was also aware are nudists and they've all been lovely people and I always thought it was interesting I don't know much about it I um what's interesting is that a big part of my decisions for Mary Francis in Purgatory Road I couldn't I couldn't wrap my mind around like how to humanize the serial killer so what I sort of decided was that she has these intimacy issues and then she kills people so that she can be close to them without feeling fear. And then it became like a beautiful thing. And that was my way inside of her. And all of these issues with nudity that you're bringing up, I feel like, you know, me doing that scene where I had to be partially nude, I had some walls against that. I had some fears against that. and I feel like um, I feel like the more I learn and open my mind and become more comfortable with myself, 
um, the more things like that are interesting to me. You know, it's intriguing that you mentioned that because you were um, top free in in the scene, which for a, for a male actor that wouldn't even be nudity. Isn't that interesting? That you know, as far as you know, free the nipple and nipple freedom, and like you know, a guy being topless is legal and not even an issue, but a woman being topless is suddenly a big deal. That doesn't seem right. It is very interesting, and you know, I love art, so. When you go to museums, like, there's naked women all over, and it's not unappealing. It's beautiful. Well, let me ask you this. We talked about horror. You come off like you would have a great sensibility for comedy. You know, you're very, um, you know, when you get the slightest bit shy, your your cheeks go rosy red. And uh, and you just, have you have you dabbled in stand-up much at all, or, like, um, comedy? Because I, I imagine you would, you would really flourish at, at comedy roles. That's so nice. People say that to me quite often. Um, I think quirky. You you come across yeah, as quirky. People are surprised that I do horror. I think um, when they meet me in person, um, I I don't know. I I find I'm I'm comfortable acting because. I'm not as comfortable just being myself. Uh, I think that's very brave uh, to just stand on a stage and, and be yourself without, um, you know, a character to hide behind. Would you Would you like to take on more comedic? What well, is there? Let me ask you this: What's the dream role? What is the What is something you haven't played that you would like to sink your teeth into? Um. Well, I. I, I should preface this by saying that I do comedy. I do a lot of other things besides horror. Um, I do commercials. I do print. I do theater. I've done a ton of comedy. Um, I just... Ha- my heart is in horror, and I, and I do a lot of horror. But I do all kinds of things. I've done plenty of comedy. Um, as far as doing something... Uh, what I'd like to do, a dream role... I did mention right now I'm shooting a Western, so that's a bit of a dream role just because it's so different from anything I've ever done, and it's so challenging. I had a dream the other day that I was playing, like, a young disabled man, and um, that's so different from who I am that I I woke up thinking, like, wow, I I wish I could get cast as that role. Um, So I think no matter what I'm doing, my dream role really is to do something completely different. And I've had that opportunity. Um, You know, I played a deaf woman. I played a serial killer. Now I'm playing this um, cowgirl in the 1800s. And that's really all I want to do is just continue to do different things. What about uh, the transition from indie darling to more mainstream? Do you, would you want to be on a, you know, regular television show? It's such an interesting question because I have a lot of friends that that is their dream. Um, my dream is to continue to do good work. And there there are so many good shows now that, yeah, it, I, as long as something is sparking my passion um, and interesting and creative and exciting, I'd be open to any medium. Because you got to be careful. In Hollywood, uh, with a lot of my friends, there's this 
thing where people are always chasing after happiness and they they're never happy with what they have so somebody will you know for example my my comedy friends will say you know i wish i could be on a sitcom and then they'll get a you know a guest on a sitcom yeah but i'm not a regular and then they get a regular well i need to have my own sitcom well i had a sitcom and only lasted one season i need to go over three to go into syndication or i'm only the sitcom person i haven't had a movie oh i had a movie but it wasn't successful i've had a movie but i haven't won an award and it's like they're never ever happy oh yeah the one thing about doing indie films i think is that you know and mark is the same way uh we do it for the right reasons because it's not like there's enough money or glamour that it we're really invested in what we do um and we make a lot of sacrifices so i'm not trying to get famous as um not that there's not not that that's a bad motivation uh but it's really not my goal my goal is to do good work that's so cool well as an actor i think it's very handy to be invisible who said that <laughs> who who just said that right now who uh, oh there you are oh i won't throw your phone on the ground (laughs) (laughs) so um is there any chance they're going to run into trista robinson at a nude resort or a nude beach in your lifetime are you ever gonna go and check anything like that out i don't know you've piqued my interest um now it sounds exciting So before we continue uh, with the interview, with the next interview with Rocky, um, just a reminder, if, you, if you're not supporting us already, we'd really appreciate it if you went to patreon.com slash naturistlivingshow. Um, it has to be, you have to type it in, unfortunately, because searching will not find us because we are marked as, what do they call it? I don't know, sensitive content, adult content, something like that. We have to mark that. Otherwise, if we might show a woman's nipple or anything or a bum, we might get kicked out. And we don't want to do that. So we marked it that way. And that frees us to put some content just for subscribers uh, without worrying about uh, nudity. We shouldn't have to, but we all know that's the reality. So patreon.com slash show. We really appreciate your contribution if you're already supporting us. You don't have to support us. The show will continue to be freely available because we want to spread the word. But if you can support us, specifically the money, none of the money comes to me. It's all going to support the show and mostly going to Samantha so that she can do a lot of the work which will help us increase the frequency and the quality of what we're producing. So without further ado, then, let's continue with the interview with Rocky. Hello, Rocky. Hi, Tim. Well, we are driving. What freeway is this? This is the 5 freeway from uh, Orange County to L.A. So um, let's, let's talk a little bit about you. Rocky, how did you get started in the world of nudism? My, my nudism story is one of my favorite stories Um, Before I knew I was a nudist, and the moment it happened will be burned in my brain forever. I was uh, 18, appropriately, (laughs) by default, I guess. Um, And it was uh, it was raining. We had um, we had like a two week rainstorm 
Um, and I worked outside at the time at night. It was a night position and, um, it just rained for two. It just did not stop raining. And, and one night it was particularly wet. And, uh, I went to the parking lot to get in my car and I was, it was like I had jumped in a pool and I looked around. There was nobody around. It was dark. I was getting in my car and I'm an 18 year old, young, attractive female at the time. Um, apparently naive because it didn't bother me at all and I just started taking off my wet clothes and of course I didn't expect to be wet so I didn't have any other clothes I didn't even think about it and I had bra and panties on at the time but it was the first time I had been any kind of without any kind of clothing and I drove home which isn't technically naked but it was the first liberating moment in my mind that I realized I could do this all the time (laughs) all the time Interesting. Now you mentioned eighteen. So um, as a as a kid, I mean, what are your thoughts about some of these uh, children who grow up in a in the nudist environment? Because um, I know you work with the American Family Nudist uh, Association, Michael Beal's organization. Uh, do you wish you had been introduced to it as a kid? Do you think there are benefits to it for kids, or, or no? So I love that question because. I had mentioned I was 18 just because it was default. The job I had at the time, I had to be 18 to have that job. I don't think that it would have, the, the situation would have gone any different if I had been any other age. I think that if I had discovered nudism earlier, then I would have just done things naked alone or whatever. But the topic of um, the issue with children and nudism um, is super delicate. Um, some people think that um, sexuality begins early. And, um, you know, you don't take kids into the opposite restrooms and those kind of things. I believe, personally, my personal opinion is to introduce children to a lot of different things and let them decide later. Of course, in our society, you have to wear clothes to do, you know, to leave the house to do anything. So you would make sure that, you know, children know that you have to, it's... It's super. It's so delicate because you can't have them touching other people either. But you have to, you have to teach and educate your kids if you want to introduce unconventional ideas early. I think because children who, or no, not children who, but but all kids, they learn. They they learn from you. You know, they learn from the people around them, the environment, their parents, and things like that. So if you're just naked and you're not telling them you know, the history, the history of nudism and why we're nude and naturism and being natural and being in touch with the earth and being one with nature. Um, and all of the things that are important to you, your values as a nudist, then you're not educating them. You're just telling them it's okay to be naked outside. Well, the reason I asked is I, I didn't grow up in a nudist family, but God, I wish I had. You know, I, I look at a lot of these uh, these families and these kids, and I think, gosh, it would have been great because it wasn't until I got to college that I personally discovered it. Let me let me ask you this because you did talk about the the bra and panties ride. When did you experience social nudism for the first time? When were you naked in public? That might that might have been the naked bike ride. That might have been like the first public outspoken I'm in the middle of the city riding a bike naked that might have been the first time what city was that was that in Los Angeles yeah Los Angeles LA naked world naked bike ride how many years ago was that that was a long time ago god uh, had to be 
It had to be six or seven years ago. All right. Well, that actually is a great transition into a, a question I wanted to ask you, because <clears throat> I know for a fact that you go to nude beaches like, uh, you know, Black's Beach, and we'll discuss if you've been to Baker Beach or San Onofre or some of these other ones, but I know you love nude beaches. I know you've done naked bike rides. How does that compare or contrast to nude for pay, uh, such as resorts, cruise ships? Um, what's your experience? What are your thoughts? Anytime you have an activity that is um, taboo or restricted to adults only, that kind of thing, um, and you have to compare the paid versus free events, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a differentiation of quality. <laughs> you're gonna have um, you're gonna have lookers in the free events. You're gonna have people who are curious and they're kind of just gawking. You're gonna have um, you're gonna have like hecklers or um, people who are who come just to break it up or just to talk, you know, talk shit about it. Um, and paid events, you're going to have people who show up. They're there because they love it. They're there because that's what they signed up for. And they, they want to be there as a participant. And you'll, you'll find um, more open-mindedness at that kind of thing or, or um, also um, experience. So what about you? Um, have you been to many resorts? I've been to, um, I've been to F.A., so I've just been to the one nudist resort. So you have not been to, say, Glen Eden or or, um, or uh, Olive Del Ranch or De Anza. You live in Southern California and you haven't been to a nude resort? I've been to F.A. I've been to F.A. I haven't been to the other ones, no. And I, it's it's hard just because of the distance. It's hard for me just, just the distance. And, and then also, um, it's not something you, you go alone as a fe- single female anyways. A lot of times you wouldn't just go by yourself. So... What, what about the non-landed groups? Uh, say NITOC or SCNA, because they do nude bowling. They nude. Uh, they do all kinds of nude. Uh, have you have you experienced anything like that? Just regular events like the like the hiking and stuff. Yeah, I haven't gone on any hikes because I don't like hiking. <laughs> um, well, no, but like for example, if if uh, if you join the Southern California Naturist Association, they literally have a newsletter full of activities: nude boating, nude bowling, nude uh, ice skating, nude uh, you know barbecues, nude. Um, so, so I guess I'm 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 poking you that as a nudist, we really need to get you more social in the lifestyle. You are poking. You are poking a little bit. I'm a poker. <laughs> so, so the issue usually come becomes scheduling at this point. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so let's go back to something I know that you do, uh, the beaches. Have you went to any besides Blacks? Um, Santa Nofre, you mentioned. So I did do that. That was my first nude beach, actually. It's got a lot of rocks there. It's got a lot, like a lot of pedal, pebbles. Well, Rocky, you know a lot about being Rocky because it's your name. Uh, let's let's talk about extreme uh, extreme things because you re- you represent that. Uh, we talked about skydiving and uh, bungee cords. I imagine skiing would be on your plate. What are some things you would like to try uh, naked? God, I would do anything naked. Um, so so like we talked about, um, I tried to kind of take a lot of my clothes off when I went bungee jumping, and this, it was not. A nude bungee jumping event, so I had to keep bra and panties on. Um, <laughs> skydiving is something I've always wanted to do, and I haven't sky sky. How do you dove sky dove? dove. I haven't dove out of the sky. <laughs> has it been a bend over? <laughs> I haven't gone skydiving at all, so it would be really exciting to do that nude the first time. In general, I think that would be really 
it would, I feel like that would feel like the first time, like, you know what I mean? The bike ride was like the first time the world of the skies opened up and everything would be. You know, I'm thinking it would be fun to just have a camera and follow you around trying all these things for the first time. That would be amazing. That's interesting. Hmm. We, we might have to dive into something like that. Uh, I do work a lot with Clothes Free and uh, ClothesFree.com. Corky Stanton and those guys have been on this podcast before, and they're great. And uh, I think you would make a great nudes caster. Are you familiar with the website at all? I am. Clothes Free. Um, yeah, I've watched a couple of their gardening shows, and they had a another, another topic with... Um, what was it with muscles and stuff like that? It was interesting. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, you know, I mentioned skiing in, in a in a real quick there. What about like um, snowboarding versus skiing? Are you into that stuff? You know, I don't. I don't do winter sports. I tried. I tried snowboarding once and got so frustrated and never went back. <laughs> okay. Speaking of frustration, how's this traffic? Are we all right on oh, time? You wow. think? I love driving ten miles an hour. It's the best. Didn't you say you you would drive naked or you have drove naked? Oh yeah. <laughs> As often as possible, I take my clothes off. I've been dared. Someone dared me to like take my top off, and I was like, "What kind of dare is that? Like, it's already off." Like, you, you know, in some cities, uh, it's completely legal. Have you been involved in uh, Venice Beach when they do the the top I of freedom? Have not. I have not made it out to that. And there's also some other stuff in um, in Northern California too. They've got some nude marathons and some other nude protests or topless protests. And I didn't make it. I think I was working or going to school or something. Yeah, uh, Gypsy Top does the uh, uh, the Love Freedom Parade up there in uh, San Francisco, and they yeah. get a permit to do those naked. And uh, you know, there's um, what's it called, uh, Bear to Breakers, where the people run naked. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let me. Uh, okay, I couldn't help but notice. You're a woman. Oh. And how could you tell? <laughs> so, right. Nowadays that line is blurry. <laughs> I don't know how you identify. Oh, um, but let's let's uh, let's talk about being a woman in the world of nudism. And you're very new to it. Uh, dare I say a virgin, it sounds like, with a lot of this stuff. So um, it's a huge topic to dive into. Do you, What are your thoughts right now off the top of your head before I start kind of... Oh, honing in on it. as a as a woman. What are my thoughts in nudism? Yeah, in nudism. Why is it? Uh, how is it different from a dude? Well, I've never been a dude, so <laughs> I ah. I don't know how exactly the the psychology on that would work. I know that women are more uh, generally more concerned with safety um, than men are, and it's usually from men. So that's that would be my my main my main how it would differentiate from from the sexes the uh, genders um, off the top of my head. Well, what um, what has your experience been like? I mean, you mentioned that you are less likely to want to go to an event if you go by yourself, which really surprises me because you're a big girl. You you bodybuild and you work out and you're an intimidating, you even called yourself a masculine girl, right? Yes, I did earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, okay, so I did mention that just because um, it's, it's kind of hard to go to an event as a single female and there's there's two ways it can go like sometimes I'm a little introverted and I have a hard time kind of just mingling and stuff like that and being alone it's just being alone is general general social anxiety so that's one part of it and then the other part single female part uh, women don't like to go to these these um, I don't have an issue with this but I've heard from a lot of other women or men who try to take women who don't go because they get hassled they are hounded they are they get more women love attention but they get more attention than they need 
and it can be it can be just like you know you're batting people off and it's like okay all right already i'm a female i get it <laughs> you know do you find that other women are are they are they more uh, accommodating and want to invite or are they jealous if you're attractive like they don't want all the guys looking at you instead well i wouldn't i wasn't i wasn't exactly saying me i was saying women in general I know, but this is an interview about you, okay, you politician. In in um, a circumstance where there are more women in the room and there is more attention one way or the other, um, wait, what kind of room are we in? Actually, it depends. Um, no, I don't. I don't think that there should be any jealousy. I think that it's it's pretty open minded. Okay. All right. Well. Um, so. That's <laughs> really funny. It's funny because when we did the little pre-show thing, we thought it would be this giant yeah, topic. It was no, there's wasn't there more. Well, it was about your experience, about me too. Uh, well, my my experience. Um, I didn't even touch on what I wanted to say about that. About please, yeah. About being nude in public because my personal experience has been pretty harmless. I enjoy being naked. Um, what I wanted to say about that is is I go to things like nude beaches or nude events with the my intention on being naked and doing the activity, right? And when I am talking to somebody who doesn't know about nudism or is not involved or is curious about it, like, hey, I would love to do that, but I don't know kind of a person, their objection is always, um, you know, who's who's going? Who, who's going to be there? You know, is it going to be some old perverted guy or is it going to be, uh, you know... It's always it's always something like that. It's always like, oh, like, are they going to be cute? Or is there old perverted guys there? And it's it's the wrong intention, I think. Sure, because, uh, I, you know, I always try to tell people that nudism isn't, you know, isn't voyeurs, isn't exhibitionists. Like, I hate that hack line where it's like, the only people that get naked are the people we don't want to see naked. And, you know, the thing is, they're not getting naked to put on a show for you. So, you know, so shut up, you know. Oh, it's, oh, it's so, it's grinds my gears because if you really wanted to be naked you would get naked you would come down and get naked and you would come to the events if you enjoyed bike riding and you enjoyed nudity you would do it there's over 200 of us that get together every year we recognize each other at this point because we go every year because we love to be nude and we love to bike ride and we like to be in the open air and we're not ashamed of it Oh, and I'm sure it all just uh, ends up in a big uh, orgy, oh, right? This is a huge no. You know, we go we go back to where we started, put our clothes back on. There you go. That's well, it. that goes into one of the questions I was going to ask you about: Why isn't uh, nudism mainstream? And and we were discussing a little bit about, you know, yeah, yeah, that's um, sexualizing. Um, so I've been in arguments with uh, usually it's usually guys, and you know, I think that has to do with some kind of um, some kind of. I don't know what that is with guys that think that maybe it's just because they know guys that they think that guys are going to automatically be perverted and they think that being nude creates a sexualized, a sexualized, how do you say that? Sexualizing? Sexualism? Sexualism. Um, it, it creates, it creates a lust. It creates a lust when a female takes her clothes off and the argument was well when you're attracted to somebody it's usually parts of their body or other parts of their naked body but that's not a nudism way of thinking 
that's not a naturist way of thinking. If you're natural and you're naturally comfortable, like right now I'm driving in the car, we were out to we were out to lunch, we were obviously in regular society with our regular clothing on. I'm wearing a lot of clothing and most people would think this is just a shirt and a pair of pants. Like to me, I can feel all the threads all over my body. It's more natural for me to not have them on, mm-hmm. no matter what, like whatever I'm doing. And Especially when you go swimming. I mean, don't you hate getting out of a pool oh. and you've got this wet stuff hanging on you? It's don't so you stupid. hate being in the pool with like fabric on? Yeah, like, yeah. You feel the water, like it, it's on, it's just. It's There's deep. a hot tub in my complex in, in Las Vegas and I hate going out there getting in, like <laughs> I, I'm. Clothes. Like, it's, I live here. <laughs> yeah, and it's just so stupid that, oh, we gotta shield everyone's eyes. It's so offensive. In a world where we have parades for everything else, the most basic human nature thing should be we're born naked. You don't look at a, a cat and say, oh, look, a naked cat. You just say, look, a cat. And you know, it's funny you mentioned having permit to do these events in public and stuff like yeah. that. You have to be, have a permit to be natural. It's kind of like, it's kind of like how they, you have to pay extra for them not to put like chemicals in your food kind of thing. Yeah. You gotta pay it's, extra to be, to be na- natural. <laughs> it's just stupid. It, it's so stupid. Um, I can imagine how you feel about this, but do you want to say anything about top freedom rights? I mean, should women be allowed to be topless wherever men are? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't... Go ahead. Let me just say this, because I it grinds my gears. Do you know who are some of the, the biggest outspoken uh, opponents? Other women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's um, image issues. There is... Um, Self-conscious issues. Women are very self. Oh my God, women are so self-conscious. They, uh-uh. um, you know what's funny about that too is women will fight against the, the the topless laws, but then they'll fight for breastfeeding in public, which is topless. <laughs> but um, they're very self-conscious and they're very. Um, I think that's sort of political. I think that's almost like right and left. Um, politics because I think that the people who are voting one way or the other is kind of like um kind of political um in, in Toronto, which is near the resort that uh, the Stefan, who puts together this podcast, the one that he owns, Toronto, um, it's legal for women to be topless. In New York, in New York, the women uh, are allowed to be topless. And uh, my buddy uh, Tone Doe is doing another concert in Times Square, and Corky Stanton and I want to put together um, some women to be around there because they're nude inside with a permit, but the women are allowed to be topless outside. So we want to get some cool nude yeah. chicks to hang around outside that are topless. And they don't have to be models, but we just want to remind people that you can be topless and it's totally legal. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, agree with that. Um, what about like tattoos and piercings? Do you have any thoughts about that in the uh, in the nudist community? Um, I don't know that. <clears throat> I sort of feel the same way about tattoos and piercings as I do about nudism or any other. Um, ism. So tattoos and piercings is purely an art form. It is something that people do to feel good about themselves. It's it's um, it's definitely um, um, aesthetic. Um, and so if you feel comfortable, you feel confident with a piece of jewelry on a part of your body or a piece of artwork on a part of your body, then you should feel good about it. And it, there shouldn't be any difference whether or not you have clothes on top of it. Well, I know that you are a personal trainer. Um, What are you doing? Like, how are you 
and I don't mean to put you on the spot. Maybe maybe your answer is nothing. But uh, but are you interested in taking a step towards promoting social nudity? And if so, what are some of the things that you want to do? Uh, what you know? What, what's Rocky going to do to help move this forward? So are you tying this in with personal training? Well, I was throwing that out there because, um, you know, I want them to get an idea of, you know, what you do, who you are. If they look you up, how can people get involved in, uh, you know, maybe you're going to be doing nude personal training at a gym. I don't know. That would be beautiful. Um, The only thing would be to open the open the conversation of how people feel with with no clothing on a lot of people who are. being trained by a trainer are interested in losing weight and they're not comfortable not wearing clothes um, anyways just because they're self-conscious of their weight that happens a lot um, whether or not nudism is involved so um, opening the conversation definitely is a big step towards um, um, nudism uh, being more mainstream and and, um, um, just opening opening your opening your mouth starts starts the conversation to open your mind you know what I mean so it's gonna have to be an open mind situation conversation has to go from you know what is it to judging it to open to being open to it um, to accepting it and and really it just takes um, um, experience and um, leading by example um, I'd love to do some segments on your clothes free um, and talk about it there if if we have any volunteers that would like to be trained um, and experiment with nudity, I'd be more than happy to oblige. That would be a beautiful thing. Um, that could be, that could start, that could really start a whole new chapter. Um, cool. What, uh, what's a good way for people to get a hold of you? You can reach me, um, you can reach me through, uh, Instagram is going to be the best way. So it's, it's, uh, my handle's the, the word, the T-H-E underscore Rocky underscore Fox, F-O-X-X. So that's all once again for the Naturist Living Show. Thank you as always for listening. Again, my name is Stéphane Deschaines and I'm your host for the show and the owner of Barrick's Family Naturist Park. And I make this show with a lot of help from Samantha Graham. So thank you, Samantha. She makes the task so much easier by producing the show, um, by doing time-consuming editing. And thanks to the contribution of many of you, uh, she is able to spend more and more time to make the show better and better. So please support her through patreon.com slash show. That's one word. Again, reminder, it's not for me. You're not sending any money for me. You're not supporting Bear Oaks. You're supporting Samantha and the show. You can find links to the items we talked about in the show notes on the website, naturistlivingshow.com. And please keep sending your comments and suggestions. I really appreciate getting them. So the show's email address is contact at naturistlivingshow.com. I hope you enjoy the show and that you'll join us again for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca.
grab your agent, grab your manager, pull them by their ears. Thank you. That's so nice of you. It's oh, oh my god, is this still happening? <laughs> she, she, she. That's that's. She was so excited. She knocked the recorder out of my hand. It was just this. So wow. There you go. Well, so we captured that. That was this. I'm very violent. <laughs> I have to hold on to this tighter now. <laughs> so. Uh,